0: our new location at 77 Grove Street, the former CVPS building, now we've got the power. The Rutland Herald's local sports podcast. This is the Inside Pitch. Brought to you by the Rutland Herald. Thank you for supporting your hometown newspaper. Here they are, Bob Fredette and Tom Haley. Play ball! Hello, this is Bob Fredette.
1: Hello, this is Tom Haley.
0: This is the Inside Pitch. Okay, and welcome back to Inside Pitch. I'm Bob Fredette, here with Tom Haley. Very special guest today. Dan Elliott, Athletic Director at Mount St. Joseph Academy. Welcome, Dan, and thank you for showing up today. Thank you very much for having me. Um, you know, the first thing I have to ask you is because, you know, when we think of your name, the first thing is we think is is MSJ Girls Basketball and the tremendous amount of success that it's, it's still having. Uh, you coached the first three straight championships uh, there, uh, and, you know, how does it feel not coaching anymore? Because that ha- I don't know how you did it. How, how do you give that up to become an athletic director?
2: Uh, that, that was the hardest part. When I actually took the athletic director's job, um, one of the criteria was that I'd have to step down as a girls basketball coach. Um, took me a couple of days to think about it because um, at that missed we we're in the midst of uh, three championships and played in four straight championship games. So it was a tough decision to, to, to step down from that. But having a good quality coaching staff, in place uh, with Coach Eaton, Coach Brusso, Coach Garrow and Coach Harvey, just kind of made it that much easier because I knew the program was we left to Coach Brusso, which would be left in good hands because he was kind of my right-hand guy for those those four years, yeah. so it was comforting knowing that the program was going to continue as um, we had built it. Yeah.
1: When they said, when they kind of laid that ultimatum out there, if you're the AD, you can't coach girls basketball. I mean, at a lot of small schools, you do have coaches, uh, ADs coaching. Was that a, po- a point of uh, contention at all? Did you push back on that at all? Uh, what, what was that like?
0: Can you get him into was trouble? That a, here, was that a <laughs> uh, I
2: would be lying if I said no. There wasn't any pushback because um, that was my kind yeah. of first thought. Was we have a lot of athletic directors who are coaches in this area. Correct. Um, uh, but then, objectively taking a step back and kind of thinking the reasons behind that they were giving me. Um, not to be coaching and to be the athletic director, some of them made sense
0: as right. far as right.
2: having that chain of command and uh, accountability for coaches. Um, yeah, if the AD is you're also your coach and you're jumping that step and going right to the principal or assistant principal to make decisions that really an athletic director should be making. So that was a that was one of the considerations. But yes, there was there was a little bit of. Hmm, how come I can't do this? Right. Um, but in the end, like I said, I mean, I think it was, on the school's part, a, a good decision to kind c- to separate those coach from athletic director.
1: Well, when you think about it, it probably is the perfect scenario and one that makes sense when you think that ADs are evaluating coaches. So, Correct. You know. So, does, yeah, I could put up a battle,
2: but um, in my heart, I knew they had some points that were, were valid points. And, and to get, get the perfect world, uh, that separation seemed to be the right thing to do.
1: Right. And and now nobody can say, well, he's the AD, so this is why girls basketball is getting this and softball is not getting this or something like that. So, yeah, it's... It makes sense.
2: Correct. And again, for me, it was a challenge. I'm always one who throughout my career in, in different phases like to take on challenges. So to me, um, I think we got girls basketball up to where I envision a program, whether it's girls basketball, boys baseball, we got a program to the point that we thought this is where this program needs to be and it's stable. Um, so for me to take on another challenge as an athletic director and now kind of focus more attention on some of our other programs. Um, was a challenge to me. Uh, we haven't had a softball team for a while and we ended up getting a softball team. Yep. So now the, the goal is to kind of build that softball team to some point be a, a competitive softball team.
1: Right, right. Now, mm. last night was a special night down there uh, in, the, in the Martin McDonough Gymnasium. Uh, the, the last year's team was honored and uh, a lot of the kids came back that either had graduated or gone elsewhere. Uh, really nice night that had that team honored and display the banner for the for the fans. Uh, it might grow to five, it may not. But let's say what I'd love to see it. I think it'd be a lot of fun sometime is to have a reunion for the whole stretch, whether it's four or if it turns five, and have them back have a night probably during uh, you know Christmas break when kids are home from college. And 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 have a night to honor all those championship teams.
2: Yeah, we actually that that was a debate that we had for this year's <laughs> this year's group. Hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of that tough thing because you want to honor the group that actually won it, um, but I think kind of I won't say when or if the championship run ends because we all know at some point in time it's going to end. They um, all do. I think that yeah. is a good time to kind of have that reunion. And the good thing about the past three, four, five groups of kids that we have. They'll all come back. Last night we had everybody back but the um, one manager who happened to be working that night. But every other kid who had uh, moved to New Hampshire, went to a different school, wasn't playing basketball this year, all came back yesterday. In wow. um, the year before when we had the banner raising ceremony, uh, that class, every single one of them came back for that banner raising ceremony. Um, so that's one of the big things that I've... I feel proud of not so much the state championships, but the bond that these kids have formed over that five-year period of wanting to come back and be part of our program, wanting to come back during breaks and actually participate, help us practice with the groups that we have now, Um, and I think that's something special. Hey, this is Jack Rogers, boys basketball coach at Mill River, and you're listening to The Inside Pitch. Subscribe to Rutland Herald's local sports podcast at iTunes and have Bob and Tom delivered to your inbox every week.
0: Do you find that that's kind of a thing not, not only having to do with athletics, but a small school, the intimacy, uh, that it's there in pretty much every facet?
2: Yes, uh, it is. I mean, everybody kind of knows everybody. You know um, what people like to do. You know where they are. You know what they're doing in school. Um, after school, a lot of them will have a Facebook group, but we still have uh, a basketball chat, I think, from two years ago. Um, one of the text groups that was put together, I think we still have, and we still communicate. Hey, if you're back in town, stop on by. These are our practice dates during during break time. Uh, a lot of the girls, those girls, will come back. Yeah, uh, and it's nice to have that relationship. Yeah, to see as they grow now in their adult lives.
0: Yeah, that, well, that's that, and another thing that that comes to mind really is that I know one of the things that MSHA offers is that if you you're an athlete and you want to play a sport, even even if there's no team, that you can make it happen for them. Uh, you know, it's, if it's uh, like uh, individuals running cross-country or skiing or uh, if anything, really, uh, what role is, is there for you to to make that happen for a kid?
2: Uh, th- there's a couple different ones. Like right now, for example, we have our own alpine ski team, and we actually take on a kid from Brattleboro who actually comes up and skis with our alpine ski team. Wow. Uh, a me- as a <laughs> That's mem- a commute. Yeah, I guess. As a member-to-member. Member. I think he probably does his practices and skiing down that way, but when oh, yeah. um, competitions comes, he skis under the MSJ umbrella. Um, And that's done through member-to-member. This Saturday, I went to a bowling match at the Bowler Ammer here in Rutland uh, because we have a kid who's bowling member-to-member with Fairhaven. Uh, Fairhaven consists of uh, Fairhaven kids, a Mill River kid, and a MSGA kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So with the new member-to-member agreements, you're able to kind of have your kids go and be able to participate in a sport that they enjoy doing. Uh, I didn't know much about bowling, so I wanted to go down and, and see how it was all run. And maybe that's something if we have enough interest in, that would be a sport that we would consider looking at because we're always looking at something for our kids to participate in. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Bob, but we just are always looking for a small school, you got to find your niche. you got to find what your kids are looking for and try to give them those opportunities. Yeah. Whereas the small schools, we have that ability to say, okay, we have a shift in tide of what we have for athletes. What can we offer them to keep them um, active?
1: And bowling probably would be one that you could support without oh, a lot of cost, or without a need for huge numbers, right? Seven kids. That's Seven it kids
2: is what usually makes up a team, five actually bowls in the actual, what they call Baker scoring match, which I learned right. all this this weekend. Right. Um, it was very interesting. I still got to learn that, but you is could it, teach me that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very interesting. I've never yeah. been, and I, I talked to our, our kid from school that was bowling, and he asked if I could come down, and I met with the director of the, the bowling league and got a lot of information about that um it is it's a a sport that a lot of kids that may not have a position on a traditional team sport um really get a chance to show off their skills because there's some talented kids out there that um excel at that sports like bowling across country that don't get the recognition as the quote unquote true team sports
0: that we all know of yeah, bowling is one of those sports yes. where it's, it's kind of like a father to son or a father to daughter kind of a thing. It's not something mm. that you just you know, pick up like you know playing baseball or whatever else, which seems to be kind of more universal. Right. Bowling is something that's a little bit more of a niche sport, but but you know it it is pretty cool. And one of the things about it that I like because I kind of got an education myself a couple of years ago when bowling became a varsity sport is that when you get into that that head to head baker stuff, it's like five people who maybe get to bowl two frames in a particular game you know so it's you really have to be on your game and everybody is very very supportive and that's one of the things i like about bowling is that mm. it's very very close knit uh, right and, and if, not only is it a very confined space like you'll you have eight 12 teams like uh, occupying like you know 100 square feet or whatever they're all together you know it's it's, it's it's a great sense of community bowling
2: yeah yeah and they all cheer for each other they're all i mean it doesn't matter if a kid from the other team gets a strike that you compete against they're all giving him high fives, uh, fist bumps, whatever. They're cheering them on, and um, like I said, you don't see that in most of the traditional team sports. No, you don't. But <laughs> you did
1: last night, Bob. I got to tell you something. The MSJ bench, <laughs> unbelievable yeah. in girls basketball last night, wasn't it? It Absolutely. was just uh, they had take they had the game in the W column already after three quarters. Before that, actually, so they played a lot of reserves. And I'll tell you, uh, I kind of think Julia Lee was the leader, but they all got into it. Every time a reserve even made a basket or just touched the ball, the bench would erupt. It was
2: was great to see. It was, and that's a supportive atmosphere that you really want from a small school and small teams like that. Um, Some of the kids may be playing for the first time. They may be freshmen coming into a varsity-level program uh, as we don't have a JV program. So when they go out there and they do something that is exciting for for them as an athlete, it's also exciting for these kids who um, are watching them grow as athletes. And to be able to support each other like that is just, um, I love to see every sport that way.
1: Oh, I know. And you used, Bob, you used the word um, um, close-knit and and community. And we got that little triangle that's been so good in girls basketball the last several years with MSJ, West Rutland, and Proctor. And uh, what, what I thought was great last night, I mean, Lindsay Elms was stuck high scorer in the state championship game last year against Blue Mountain at Barry Auditorium. And she went over it to wear the maroon. Um, and when she was introduced, there were no, you know, no chance, no derision. Just, I thought she got maybe the loudest hand of the, of the whole bunch when they were introduced. So yeah. I thought that was really nice to see.
2: It is, they said a lot of those kids were, uh, when we were putting this ceremony together, um, there's always a debate who to invite back, who not to invite back. Uh, <laughs> for me, it was no, no debate. These right. are all kids. Every single one of them that were on the roster last year were kids that deserved to come back and get recognized for what they did last right. year. Um, whether you were still playing, whether you were at school and not playing, or you had gone on. Um, Emily Rapino, another one that came all the way over from New Hampshire. Um, oh, that's where she is. Yeah, she's oh. over in New Hampshire. She came all the way back over from New Hampshire just for the ceremony last night. Wow. Um, and that was, kids, speaking of the championship game, who had 15 rebounds. Yeah, she had a huge In the yeah, state championship yeah, yeah. game last year. Yeah. So to have yeah. her come back, and I spoke to her after, and she says, I'm really glad I came back for this.
1: Oh, that's great. So yeah, yeah.
2: it's yeah. good to see that those kids, even though that kind of they may have parted ways and went on to different endeavors in life, that they're still willing to come back and be part of um, what they built. so yep. what we built. is really what they built. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I know a superintendent once said, you know, give me winning teams and and, and you cut my problems in half because the, the school climate every day, the hallway and the classroom, it just helps when when the teams are successful. And this winter must be great because you know, you got a you got the girls' basketball team which has won uh, four in a row now, I think. Correct. And the boys, my goodness, against Mount Anthony last week, they look like Nobody could be on the floor with them if they played that way. I don't, I don't know how you play to that level every night, but it, it must be kind of a good feeling around there every day right now.
2: It is, it is. It's a good bunch of kids that bring a lot of energy to the school. Um, with Our boys' basketball program, that's why I saw. to get that Mount Anthony game, was really they came out with energy and passion. They really showed, um, and again, showed it on the bench, it showed it on the floor, showed it in the coaching staff, and it showed it in the stands that people were really excited about boys' basketball. Um, that yep. they feel that they have something special this year, and it helps when you shoot the ball very, very well, too. To oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. 14 threes. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. That also helps right there if you're going to win a few basketball games yeah. if you're shooting the ball that well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a very good group of athletes. You know, another place where I've seen a very good group of athletes is in the growth in the boys' soccer program as well. I mean, that's really a program right. that's, that's a common right now, I think, too.
2: Yeah, we just, um, we just finished our two years as an independent. We will join the Marble Valley League next year. Um, so we'll have a more that's more, going to
1: give a little more energy right yeah right there we'll play a lot
2: more local teams a yeah. couple times that, last year we had a it was it was a very good schedule, it was a challenging schedule. Um, that's a good part about being an independent. You can put together a, a challenging schedule. Um, but like you said, Tom, the good part about being the Marble Valley League is you're always seeing that same teams that you see every year you form
0: those rivalries that you just can't
2: yep. seem to make as much on a, an independent schedule.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, one thing I would encourage you as you're going ahead and making it your schedule, I'm not going to be wanting to tell you how to do your <laughs> job, but, you know, that the better competition you can get from any part of the state, not only does it make your team better, it, once you get into the, the tournaments, it, and, you'll, and you've seen this as, as, a, as a coach, it really calms the kids. It's not mm-hmm. You take away that mystique about, like, what is this team all about? And, you know, people, right. you know a, little, a little knowledge goes an awful long way. Yeah. Yep.
1: Hello, this is Jack Healy. Hello, my name is Kate Catman.
0: This is Chris Hughes. This is Jason Behenna. This is Paul Copo.
1: Hi, this is Mike Kinsler, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch with Bob Furnett and Tom Hall of Fame Haley. It can help when, when you get up to Barry, and all of a sudden the stage isn't too big like it might have been if you hadn't run the gauntlet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So.
0: Well, i tell you what, that's got to be one thing that you, you really miss when you get toward playoff time. Don't you just start to itch the a little bit? The atmosphere,
2: yeah. just the atmosphere of knowing now this is, okay, we're into that four-game run. Now, you know, yeah. the regular season's over. We got ourselves positioned where we – hopefully where we wanted to be positioned to make that run at those last four games because I always tell the girls when I was coaching, um, somebody's going to win four games in a row.
1: Yep. One the team's going to win four games in a row, that's it. Yeah, yep, yep.
2: Um, and we kind of broke it down into, in, into phases. The first yep. thought was the, the T-shirt game. Yeah, you get yourself into bear. You get your your name on the back of a T-shirt. Oh, okay. You, you win that game. You're into the trophy game. You're gonna get a trophy of some sort. Yeah, you either get the plaque or you're gonna get the trophy. And then of course you have the championship one, which brings you the banner. Every step. A so step. we kind of reward. We, we try to break yeah. it down one step at a time and not look look too far ahead. To, this is the ultimate goal, but to get there we have to reach these <laughs> first two phases first.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Good way of thinking about it. I yeah, and at some point you get a Chevy. Uh, uh, right enough. now, they might get a uh, <laughs> a scaled down version of a Chevy. Maybe right? okay. 164 scale. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that could be very good. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you miss about coaching? Because it's such an over involved process. Uh, just the atmosphere and the everyday
2: knowing that you go to the gym. My wife used to yeah. always yeah. say that's your fun time. That's uh, what
1: every coach seems to say. You work you, right? practice.
2: You work hard during yeah. the day, and also now it was a fun time. I get to go to the gym for two hours and be with kids that want to be there and work hard, and they want, they're want there because they want to be there. Mm-hmm. So you just yeah. get excited about putting a game plan together for the upcoming games and watching it come together during practice of that week, and um, that's stuff I miss. I don't get to go to practice as much as I used to, so I've kind of this year been taking a couple steps back, so that's that day-to-day interaction is, is a tough part to miss. Yeah. How do you see this year's team coming along? uh by watching the last few games I think they're getting there. Um, there's still some things offensively that that they're working on and again it's a lot of new kids being plugged into places. Um, we got a freshman starting with a transfer sophomore who starts for us so there's some growing pains and some kind of learning um, what some of these other kids have been doing for a couple of years. Uh-huh. Um, but I see this team kind of has the ability athletically um, to make some noise come the end of the season. Um, if they can come together, realize that they're a good team, realize that they have talent, and just kind of look within themselves to say, hey, you know what, we are a good team. And I don't know if they quite oh. got to that point yet. They're just kind of still kind of working towards that. Oh, I think yeah. they are. And, and I
1: think if uh, people are are making a mistake, if they're reading too much into that massacre at Hinchy Gym, because Carl Serrani pointed it out, a few days later he said look Julia Lee wouldn't have made the difference but it's not just the 15 points she scores she settles down that offense handles the ball makes everybody around her better that could have been a much better game than people think I don't think MSJ is that far away and and they've got until you know what mid-February or later to get where they need to be so I think you're on track. Oh, yeah. You get about, you
2: get about five weeks now to start, to start things, seeing things progress. Um, that game over than West Rutland, I think, was a good yeah, wake-up call. Missing.
1: she was missing. Yep. She was all sick. Yep. And like yep. Carl said, that made a huge difference.
2: Yeah, It was a good wake-up call for us, too. It gave some people a chance to step up and kind of see where we're at now without somebody. Um Because right. you're always going to come to that. I mean, Jenny Eaton tore her ankle up um, before one of the championship games. Um, she was really limping around. Yeah. Um, got hurt during I think it was a quarterfinal game um, so at that time during the semifinal game we needed other people to step up because she was really struggling um, yeah. so somebody like uh, Julia Lee goes down you this is an opportunity for other kids to say okay I need to play a little bit better I need to take on a little bigger role um, so you never want to take a, a 40 point thumping, but you know what I think something good comes out of yeah. Um, any competition that you play in, as yeah. long as you take some learning experience from it, and kids grow a little bit from it.
0: Yep. Do you see that that kids really? I mean, I, I know that 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 having a few years on a team is one criteria for maybe having a leader or whatever. But do you see kids kind of step up and take it upon themselves to become a leader? Yeah,
2: some kids are just natural leaders. Um like said, we've had we, we've been fortunate for the last five years, six years, that we've had natural leaders to just come through and just have that personality, that kids are willing to kind of buy into what they're selling. The
1: Eatons mm-hmm. and the Smell's, yeah, the smells the box the box. and Box. Uh, yeah. And two
2: totally different leaders right there. Uh, Monica probably spoke 20 words in her four years <laughs> um, while at MSGA, but everybody knew she was the leader. Yeah. Um. Just by, because she would do everything on the floor that you would ask her to do. She would do nothing, expect you to do nothing that she wouldn't do. Um, but she wouldn't be that in-your-face kind of let's go, let's go, let's go type of leader. Um, Jenna, similar to that, she would do anything on the floor, wouldn't expect you to do anything on the floor, but she was a little more intense as far as um, when the game was on the line, she would be willing to kind of let you know that this is what we need to do, this is what we've worked for, Yeah. let's finish this off.
0: Yeah.
1: No, that old saying starts at the top. It's got to be pretty good. I would think having a principal in the building who had been a coach, who, who loved coaching, loved athletics, was like you, reluctant to let it go even though she was principal. That took a couple yes. of years right there. She <laughs> held on to it a lot longer than they let you. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, really stands, she really believes in athletics, and uh, it's going to be a great situation having somebody like that in that position in the building. This is the Inside Pitch,
0: brought to you by the Rutland Herald. This is
2: Justin St. Louis from Devil's
0: Ball Speedway, and you can find the Inside Pitch on iTunes.
2: Oh, it is. It's always great to have support from the top um, because, again, they, they have the vision down there that their program reflects everything that we do. Um, and we, we as a school and I think as a community has kind of got away from that extracurricular activity term and with that co-curricular term. Um, whereas sports is just a third prong of what we're trying to do to educate children. Um, so having somebody that has that same mindset, really likes sports, really likes the spirit of competition and what it brings to a, an athlete as far as life skills um, is great for me in my position because you know you're always going to have support of the uh, administration.
1: Now, it was said at the VIFL meeting by somebody, I don't think you'll ever see football return to MSJ. And I know a lot of long-time alums who, uh, I mean, they equate MSJ with football. I hate to think that's the case. Um, um, Do you see any avenue, eight man or otherwise? I, I don't mean this fall, but at some point where the door could open for the sport again?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I always am a firm believer and say I'm not an MSJ grad. Um, I went to College of St. Joe's when I came here, and everything you heard when I first came here back in the mid '80s was MSJ football. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what MSJ was known for their football program. Right. Um, and it continued on when my my kids were there. Um, everything was MSJ football. So I I think for us to sit here today and say MSGA football will never return, um, I think that's a harsh statement to make because I think every avenue will always be explored on a yearly basis of how can we make this work. Um, And I think we have to make a good sound judgment as far as are we viable at bringing back this program?
1: Yeah, you don't um, want to be in that position no. again. Where? We, we want
2: to make sure we have some longevity, we have yeah. the ability to field a team not just for one year, but do we have a, a three-year commitment from a group coming in? Do we have a five-year plan where we can kind of see ourselves playing an eight-man if that happens to become available? Can we play in a Division Three if we have um, numbers coming up? But I think that's a decision that will come
1: across my desk on a yearly basis. And, um, and numbers, football numbers aren't a – problem unique to MSJ or even Vermont your home state of Maine a lot of programs are in trouble and what they've done it looks like is they're creating an eight-man division to keep some of these programs alive and uh, I don't know what you think but but I think there's a a place in Vermont for eight-man football and I think for a lot of programs it could be the salvation
2: Absolutely. I mean, you look at the teams that have dropped since just my time here in Vermont. Um, the teams like Montpelier that had a team when I first yeah. got here, uh, Winooski. I mean, good, yeah. um, Oxbow yeah. struggled last year with, with numbers. Basisco struggled with numbers. Uh, of course, we struggle with numbers. So right off the bat, you're looking at uh, five teams right there that kind of, if you have an eight-man league, would that be something that would bring entice them to come back and give kids an option to do something that they enjoy doing that? probably wouldn't happen if they're at the 11-man level. Um, and like you said, Tom, I look at a lot of stuff. I actually watched the main football um, feed come across on Facebook and stuff, and there was a whole big conversation right after the season got over because they were struggling with numbers, and they actually right. had a, a chart with schools and numbers that they had, and there was a lot of teams that had 17 on the roster, 18 mm. on the roster, and that's, that's, that's a, a tough number to field an 11-man football yeah. team it, with. It's not even safe. No. no. and
1: and And you can do 17 or 18. In eight-man, it's it's that much of a difference.
0: Correct. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, you, you have to have, and we saw this earlier, when, when MSJ lost football, when they were trying to play Division One uh, a couple of dozen years ago maybe or yes. a dozen years ago, you didn't have enough people on the field to practice, and you really have to have that. I mean, right. having 16 kids, and even that's cutting it close for eight-man, but at least you have kids all on the other sides of the line. At least you can do your X's and O's or whatever else. But... Uh, one of the things I think about is, you know, we've talked about school choices and whatever, and MSJ having gone over to Polney for a couple of years, do you see MSJ kids playing at different schools just as a means of of keeping the skills going and keeping the keeping it alive and keeping talk going in school?
2: Absolutely. And that's one of the, once we got done last year, that was another option that we kind of looked at the table as far as what do we want to do uh, for the upcoming years. Um, there's, there's really three options. You don't have a program, you have an 11-man program, or you either member-to-member member or co-op with somebody. Um, I think the, the issue with Pulteney, um and my time there uh, with Pulteney, it was a great experience for our kids. Uh, Pulteney was great to our kids. They had a good team chemistry amongst them as far as how they mm-hmm. the kids got along with each other. I think the biggest issue was just distance. Yeah. I think yeah. that was the biggest di- the issue for, for oh, our yeah. kids and probably for their kids. Yeah. Um, having a bus from Portland, not to like Brooklyn. not
1: like the kid in Brattleboro who's got his own mountain. Correct, and he can you yeah, know you have to have a team right. together every yeah. day yeah. on yeah. a daily and, basis. And, they
2: were going back and forth and back and forth, yeah. so that's a lot of travel wear and tear. Kids aren't getting home till later if you have a late practice. Um, so I think that was the logistics is really kind of what kind of spurred that. So would we look at something to a, a program closer, um, a Mill River and of Valley if they had mm-hmm. the ability to take on member to member kids. Um, I believe that's something that we would explore if that was something that they were looking into just because I really think that if you have football kids in the building the, like skiing cross-country you find a place for them to play yeah and, and let them kind of have their childhood as playing
0: sports that they they enjoy playing because we all know it comes to an end usually sooner rather than later right right mm-hmm. yeah yeah well it'd be good to see that I mean just just as far as keeping kids skills going uh, as far as you know, just finding you know, relationships with other communities. I mean, things build like that. I mean, you can't do it. Nothing's going to happen if you do nothing, really. So. And that was a hockey
2: yeah. uh, years ago. It was without kids from El right. River, without kids from Ottawa Valley. Right. The surrounding area, there probably never would have been a, another hockey team in, in Rutland County if yeah. MSJ wasn't able to take kids from outside the area and kind of create this, this, this hockey team
0: yeah and I mean it's funny but you see this we're seeing a lot of co-ops in among yes. bigger schools yes. too I mean when you right. see like a South Burlington and a Colchester emerging mm-hmm. it, it really opens your eyes but it also opens your eyes to possibilities too so the relationships is what it's all about I yep. think here, so.
1: absolutely. Yeah. absolutely no. that spring a couple of springs ago when when you didn't have softball there was a core of uh, like Schmelzenbach and Eaton's that were pretty successful on track and field correct uh, Now that you have softball, are there any kids still doing that?
2: Uh, Last year, our track and field team shrunk uh, exponentially with with the loss of that group. That 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 group that graduated was a very big group of track and field kids. Right. Um, So when they graduated, we had two or three left there. Um, Softball, I don't think really took from them um, because not many kids. If I look at their roster, were were gonna be track kids anyway. Right. So that really wasn't Robin Peter to pay Paul. It was we can create this and still leave this possibility open. for our track and field team as well. Yep. Because that's why at a small school you always think about when you're bringing on another sport. Um, are you taking away from one to try to build another one? Um, we oh, always heard yeah. lacrosse. Why don't we have lacrosse? Lacrosse runs what, same time as baseball, so now it's kind of yeah. our baseball numbers. you You got to be careful. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. at some point you're not going to be able to support anything. Going to have two half teams and not be able to compete on no, either no, that's one. No, right. so Absolutely. Those are the decisions that get made probably on a yearly basis, if not every three months, when the ideas pop up from
0: outside sources yeah yeah okay Well, listen we're, we're running short on time but one thing i cannot i just i can't help but ask you this is because friday night msj and rutland are playing basketball the boys are playing down on common avenue you know it's going to be a real circus down there you know i i know that uh, among the community you know this this kind of thing Really galvanizes people, and it really brings people out. How big a deal is it for MSJ?
2: Oh, we're excited. I mean, anytime we can get a Rutland and MSJ game, it's just um, a, a wonderful thing. I mean, I when I came up here and I came to Vermont, it was always Rutland MSJ. Every time you had the opportunity to see, whether it was be basketball, whether it be football, it was just uh, I mean, I remember some great MSJ Rutland basketball games throughout the years. Um, when you had and Sean I think Dylan. this year's
1: is. Just- more enticing than it has yes. been. Yeah. A couple I mean, this years. This is I said, an enticing yeah. game yeah. this Friday. A yeah. couple times. Yeah. A couple times.
2: It's like I don't know if we can compete. Um, but this year. Um, yeah.
1: Maybe. Yeah. This year
2: maybe. Listen, if we shoot yeah. the ball yeah. the way we shot against Mount Anthony, yeah. and a couple of bounces go our way, and the kids come yeah. with um, the realization that they need to play their best game and, and work hard, because Rutland is a phenomenal basketball team. Um, put it on the floor and see what happens and. Um, no matter how it comes out, it just continues that Rutland MSJ rivalry in some fashion that we've, we'd love to get back into to seeing.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, one of the things that, that Rutland had a problem with earlier in the season, I don't know if they still have it, is getting out to, to, to get the three point shooters. And you got a couple of them down there, so <laughs> I think that's going to be a real big key to what happens on Friday night. I, I know it'll be a circus down there, for crying out yeah. loud. I mean, it's going to be a real, it'll be a big packed house. We'll have to turn on the heat. Yeah, there's be plenty, plenty of heat plenty in there. Plenty <laughs> of heat will be in there. You know, I'm sure it'll be a real good time. I'm not quite sure how good the game is going to be, but I think that it's possible that it will be a good ball game. So, I, really looking forward to it. It'll be that, a great yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. It'll yeah. be yeah. a great
2: atmosphere to watch a game in. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, I'll tell you what, that's that's old-time Rottling. MSJ rotten anything, you know. It's, it's yep. great times and great memories and everything. It's, it's good to see that still alive at some point, so. Uh, I think that's pretty much all the time we've got here. I, I want to thank Dan Elliott for taking time out of your busy day. It's really been great having you here. We just had a lot of fun doing this, and uh, uh, thank you very much for coming today. Again, thank you for having me. I always enjoy
2: sitting down and and, and talking with you two because uh, I learn so much just by sitting down about Rutland history and, and uh, everything about Rutland County, and it's just it's a pleasure. Well, you come down and
0: see us fossils anytime you want. Then <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna close it out until the next time. I'm Bob Ferdat with Tom Haley and Dan Elliott, George Nostran, our uh, engineer, and uh, and if nothing else. Get down to Convent Avenue on Friday night, 7 o'clock ball game. Actually, get there to watch the JV game, too, because they got some good JV stuff. Because otherwise, going on. you
1: might not get in.
0: Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you may have to park and take a bus or whatever. Parking's at a premium. Yeah, parking's at a premium, <laughs> but it'll be a great time. So go on down there, come back and see us again soon, and uh, we'll be here next week. Thanks a lot.
2: This is the Inside Pitch, brought to you by the Rutland Herald. Let us know what you think. Email us at sports at